you for tuning in to this power-packed podcast by David Oyelowo. Are you ready to take giant strides in your walk to success? Do you think you can achieve more within a shorter period? Well then, you're in the right place. This is Success Catalyst. We bring you world-based principles and practical wisdom needed to supercharge your growth and accelerate your success than you ever thought possible. If this is your first time joining us, kindly subscribe and hit the notification bell to receive updates when a new video is uploaded. Today on Success Catalyst, it's time to accelerate. Welcome to the Success Catalyst podcast. My name is David Oyeleye. Thank you for tuning in once again. God bless you. The flower fades, the grass withers, but the word of the Lord remains forever. I am so excited every week like this to share God's wisdom, God's power with you because I believe the word of God is the panacea for all problems anyone can be facing. There is a word for that situation. I believe what I'm going to share with you today will certainly bring strength vitality, power, encouragement, grace, wisdom, direction to your life. All right. We started an important discussion uh, a couple of days ago on how to deal with negative emotions uh, with uh, anxiety, doubt, and fear being our primary focus. And I've said it's not the presence of problems that triggers uh, these negative emotions in our lives, but the condition of our heart. The scripture says in Proverbs, it says, uh, for as a man think in his heart, so is he. So it is not problems that, you know, brings about this negative emotion as people will think, but it is uh, it is the condition of our heart, the kind of heart that we have, the kind of mindset we have, the kind of paradigm that we have. These are the things that contribute to negative emotions in our life. So it is what is inside of you that bring about these negative emotions, not those problems. Problems only come to authenticate you know what we already have on the inside problems cannot give you what you don't have it only reveals what you already have so we have also discussed that fear will start with a little doubt fear usually starts with a little doubt and if it is not called it grows into anxiety then anxiety grows into fear one of the first thing we need to understand is that anxiety doubt fear they are all side chicks and uh, doubt is fear uh, doubt is is anxiety's advancement. An advancement is one who goes on ahead of someone or some group or some ministry to prepare the proper reception for the ones he represents. So, so doubt almost always makes an appearance in your thinking before fear comes. So that's it. That's an advancement. So it's, it's like a, it prepares the room, you know, for 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 anxiety to come. Then anxiety is the advancement for fear. Then fear cannot come into your life if you're not anxious. You can be anxious about life. You don't have a little doubt in your heart. So they are all sides. You really cannot have one without the other. And all of these things are indication of an unbelieving heart or a carnal mind. That's why the Bible says that to be spiritually minded is life, but to be carnally minded is death. Uh, to be spiritually minded is life and peace, but to be carnally minded is, is death. So our mindedness reveals the state of our health. And uh, you cannot really pray for someone to have peace. You can pray for someone to have joy. You can pray for someone to be happy. They are the spiritually minded. They have to, they have to, uh, well, they have to uh, let go of their carnal, of their carnal mindset. So all of these things indicate an unbelieving heart. When you begin to have little doubt, it means that you have started, uh, you know, sitting inside the word of God. And that's why I say that uh, um, fear, anxiety, 
is having faith. Is having faith in the devil. Fear and anxiety is having faith in the devil. You are believing what the devil is suggesting to your heart. We also said we saw some several portion of scriptures how Jesus compared anxiety, fear, to a lack of faith. Each time Jesus was addressing the issue of fear of anxiety, he is usually accompanied with told you of little faith. We saw some portion of scriptures in the last episode, and we said fear is always present where faith is present. It means that where faith is present, fear must be absent and i also talked about the fact that we are not just dealing with emotions you know dealing with anxiety dealing with uh, dealing with fear dealing with doubt we are dealing with a spirit and uh, the bible tells in second timothy one to seven that we are not dealing with just emotions we are dealing with the spirit we are dealing with the spirit and that's the spirit of the devil because fear comes from the devil and lastly we discussed in the last episode that we can take a thought by saying and we can reject a thought by saying contrary words that is not consistent with what we are thinking or the thoughts suggested to our heart at a particular time. This means that our words, you know, superior to our thought. And that means that if our words are superior to our thought, then it means that our words govern our thoughts life. Then it also govern our life. So we can take control of our emotions by taking control of our thought. And the way we can take control of our thoughts is by taking control of our words. That is very, very simple. It is too simple to be misunderstood. So when we take control of our words, we can take control of our thought. You know, when people say they, they, they can't control their thought, what they are refusing to do is to learn to say the right thing, learn to say the things that is contrary to what they're thinking. And this is where people miss it. People refuse to say the reverse of uh, the, the reverse statement of their current issue. And that's one reason why the problem persists because they keep vocalizing what they're thinking, what they're feeling, but they refuse, they refuse to verbalize the things that God has said or a reverse statement of that. Let's take for instance, the devil is suggesting to you, you're going to die tomorrow, you're going to die next week. Now you are not going to be telling people up and down that I give you this thought, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. As you're saying it, you are creating. So we can capture thoughts at this hellish stage. Uh, there is a story, there's a funny story that, uh, uh, Kennedy again shared uh, in one of his uh, teachings. He shared a funny story about a young lady who came with him and said she needed prayer. Reverend Hagen asked what she wanted. She replied and said, I want you to pray for me so that I won't have any more negative thoughts. And Reverend Hagen smiled at her and said, Lady, if I could pray that for you, I would pray it for myself. So, Many people are looking for ways in which they can let go or they can part with negative thoughts. Sometimes even the emotions. Some don't even want to have emotions at all. But evil thoughts are inevitable. You cannot do without them. We can't avoid it, but we can learn to reject it and refocus our minds on the positive things and positive things. So then Reverend Egan went on to say that you can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can prevent them from building a nest in your head. And that's exactly what we've been trying to look at. Even in this, uh, even in this teaching. So today, let's 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 get started today. Uh, the first thing I want us to look at today, I'm just going to highlight the things I want to talk about today, so that you can have a scope of the teaching in your uh, in your heart. The first thing I want to talk about today, in dealing with anxiety, doubt, and fear, I want to be practical once again, so that you can really deal to, uh, with the root of to the root of the problem. Because if you don't deal, if you don't get to the root of any problem, you will not have been able to deal with the problem so the first thing is we need to understand why do we have emotions why do we have emotions and the next i'm giving you the steps on how to deal with anxiety the first thing you need to understand why you have emotions what is the rule of emotions in your life and you the, the next thing is that you have to talk right you have to talk right you have to give thanks you have to pray about everything these are principles from the word of god you have to learn to fix your thoughts in the right thing you have to practice meditation you have to have a focus in meditation that you you need to always uh 
give uh, give thank you. I think I said that earlier. You need to have specificity of of desire. You have to keep your problem in perspective. Then you have to learn to guide your heart. You also learn to you must under keeping problem in perspective. You must learn to focus and thank God for what is working in your life, and not to focus on what is not working in your life. Then we have to talk about casting down imaginations and spiritual warfare. So we're going to start with the first word today. Why do we have emotions? Why do we have emotions? Why do people always say that oh, I don't want, I don't want emotions. I don't want emotions. I understand that uh, life has a way of uh, you know. Creating anxious moments in our lives might be waiting for the result of an exam. It might come from rumors of layoffs at work and all of those things. But uh, the truth is this. We can choose not to be anxious. We can determine not to be anxious. And today we, we, we must realize and understand why we have emotions. Emotions are gift from God. So God is not ready to take your emotions. No matter how hard you pray, no matter how hard you first, God is not going to take your emotions. And that's with negative emotions. You have to deal with that negative emotions yourself. And God is not responsible for how you feel. You are responsible for how you feel. And one of the most important principles you know, in dealing with any problems in your life is to learn to take responsibility for your actions, for your thoughts, for your decision. So why do we have emotions? Emotions are flags or signals that indicate to us hard dominant thoughts. You see, they are flags, they are signals that indicate, that shows us, it reveals to us how a dominant thought. It means that without emotions, you will never know what you have been thinking constantly. You will never know what you've been thinking. You see, if you're having sexual temptation, sexual desire, it means that you have been thinking consciously or unconsciously about sexual things. If you are depressed, it means that you have been thinking about depressing things, depressing thoughts. That's the meaning. So, most people out of frustration and helplessness will pray to God for God to take away their emotions. But that is totally impossible because emotions are a gift from God. Thank God for emotions. It reveals if something is wrong with our thought or something is right with our thought. So, Because it is really difficult to, for you to know what you've been thinking all this while except by your emotions. Except by your emotions. So the way you feel indicates the way you've been thinking. The way you feel indicates the way you think. Your feeling indicates your thinking pattern. So when you say the way you are feeling, you know that something is wrong with your uh, with your with your thinking pattern, with your thought processes. So God has designed that we can quickly recognize our thinking pattern through our emotions. So when I say the way I'm feeling, then I know that something is wrong on the inside. That's how to deal with problem. I know that something is wrong on the inside because without emotions, you don't know what's really really wrong on the inside. So if I'm feeling sad, it means that I've entertained. A thought of sadness, a thought of depression, a thought of anxiety, a thought of fear. If I'm having trauma, if I'm having, you know, feelings of fear, it means that I've entertained the thought of fear. So God has designed that our emotions will indicate our dominant thought. That's why I say that your emotion is the voice of your thought. Your emotion gives volume to your thought. Your emotion gives volume to your thought. So easily you can you can spot the thing that you have been thinking. So when you begin to feel negative emotions such as worry, guilt, anger, fear, condemnation, shame, you're going to ask yourself, what have you been dwelling on? What have you been thinking on? If you're depressed, ask yourself, what have you been thinking on? If you're not happy, chances are you are always thinking on depressing thoughts that affect your mood. 
And your mood is very, very, very important to your health, to your wholeness, to your prosperity, to your well-being, and to your success. In fact, medical research has revealed that a positive mood will help protect your immune system. It's one of the reasons why the devil wants to make you sad. It's because he wants to destroy even the natural system that God has installed in your, in your body. That's your immune system. Your immune system is naturally supposed to fight infections and diseases. This is not even about the, uh, the, the, the how we're talking about divine health. Now, this is the, a, a natural system that God has in place for everybody. Body, either you're a believer or you're an unbeliever god designed that the body would not be sick mentally physically or whatever you want to have now this is it so god created our immune system so that our immune system can fight infections can fight diseases and one of the ways we paralyze and weaken our immune system is to get into a sad mood and let me tell you there are a lot of things for us to be sad there are a lot of reasons to be sad a lot of reasons to be sad. Now, when you are sad, you know, many people don't think they are just responding to some feelings, to some things, to some problems, to some circumstances. But what you're doing is that you are paralyzing and weakening your immune system. And sooner than later, you are going to be sick and your immune system is going to get weaker. And when your immune system gets weaker, it's going to invite more problems, more sicknesses, more diseases into your life. So your mood is very important to your health because it's going to affect and impact your immune system. Why? Negative moods or thoughts have been shown to depress the immune system and it's going to make it weak against viruses against sickness against bacteria against all kinds of viruses now you see how important it is to have the right moods and the mood is just maybe emotions and like i said your feeling is determined by your thinking so if you are sad you're having a feeling of sadness it means that you have been thinking depressing thoughts in your heart in your mind that's the devil bringing those thoughts to you now i need to explain something here you see the devil and god cannot bring anything to come to pass in your life until you have accepted your thought now let me explain the bible talks so the bible tells us in jeremiah 29 verse 11 he said the thoughts that i have for you they are the thoughts of peace the word peace day in the, in the in the hebrew is the word shalom shalom it means health it means wholeness it means prosperity it means welfare it means any good thing that you can think about so the thought that i have for you is the thoughts of peace the thought of health the thought of you know the thoughts of joy the thoughts of welfare the thoughts of provision that's the thought that i have for you to bring you into an expected end so god does not have any evil thoughts against you so whatever thought there is not good there is not of hell there is not of joy there is not of peace it's not from it's not from god so now if it hacks you that if God have a thought of peace concerning you, what do you think Satan is thinking about you? Satan is thinking just the contrary about you. So it is very easy to recognize the thoughts of the devil and the thoughts of God. The thoughts of God are good. The thoughts of God are pure. The thoughts of God are lovely. The thoughts of God are excellent. The thoughts of God are admirable. But the thoughts of the devil is usually contrary to whatever God has said. The devil wants you to be sick. God wants you to be whole. The devil wants you to be poor. God wants you to be wealthy and on and on like that. So it's very easy to recognize the thoughts of the devil concerning us. And none of this, this is how it was. God cannot bring his agenda, his purpose to pass in your life. Even though God wants you to be healthy, he can't just make you healthy by just, you know, pouncing on you. No, he has to introduce his thought into your heart. Then you have to take those thoughts into your heart, accept it in your heart. That is when you can be healthy. And that's why God tells us to, you know, to meditate on us. Well, we are still going to get there you know, shortly. So God cannot do anything in your life until you have accepted his thought that's why he gave us his word so that by reading his word by feeling on his word by hearing his word by listening to his word by meditating on his word we can we can we can we can receive those thoughts into your heart the same way the devil does the devil cannot bring anything to come to pass in your life without you first accepting his thought 
And this is why people this is what people need to really, really understand. That the devil cannot do anything. The devil can kill you until you have entertained the thought of death. The devil cannot cause you to fear until you have entertained his suggestion, his impression, or his thought that he has introduced to your heart. So both the devil and God can introduce thought to your life. And the way the the way the devil takes rulership and ownership of our lives and it begins to control our lives and emotions is by introducing thoughts into our heart that's how god also rules us that's how goes or uh, god also take you know control of our life that's how we walk in the spirit so god introduced thoughts to your heart thoughts of hell because he wants you to be healthy the devil also introduced the thoughts of sickness the thought of disease into your heart because he wants you to be sick so now that you understand is that you know that you are really really dealing with thought and that's why the bible says we should cast down imagination and bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought that is contrary to the will of God. Every thought that is contrary to the word of God. So, like I said earlier, your emotion is the voice of your thought. So, the most accurate word for thought here is probably meditation. So, you might even say to yourself, meditation, what are you talking about? How does meditation help you to drive anxiety? That's if you don't even know what meditation means. Because you might even say to yourself that that's so simple and somewhat insignificant. But remember, it is the small forces, not the big forces, that spoils the vine. You know, you know, you can say, David, just tell me how I can be free from having this depressing mood. I don't want to be anxious. I don't want to. I don't want to fear anything. Okay, but first, you need to understand what meditation is before I tell you how it benefits your heart. To 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 meditate to meditate on God's word means to roll roll over. See, I'm already I'm already ahead of myself, but let me just do that. To meditate, you see. I'm talking about thought that the way God uses is to inject thoughts to introduce thought. God doesn't impose his thoughts on you, he suggests it to you, you don't have to accept it. You see, in the Garden of Eden, where the false temptation happened, it was the devil suggesting thoughts to hear, then he decided to accept the thoughts of the devil, then that was the, the that, that was what led to the fall of man. It's it's all about thought. You see, a spiritual warfare is fundamentally a warfare against thought, a warfare uh, against evil imagination, a warfare against impression in our heart. It's not a warfare against witches, and it's not really really. You know, spiritual warfare is not fought, fought by physical weapons, atomic bombs, and all of that. No, it's all in the mindset. It's all in your mind. The devil can take control of your life in your thought. Why do people commit suicide? Because the devil has introduced the thought of death, morbid thought of death, into their heart. And they have accepted it. They begin to know it. It all starts with a little doubt. I've said it before. Then it grows into anxiety. Anxiety grows into fear. Then fear is the advancement for death. Fear is in the advancement for death. You see, the goal of Satan is to kill you. The Bible says in John 10, the thief coming not but to steal but to kill and to destroy so whatever little thing that satan is doing in your life the ultimate goal the summary is that he wants to kill you many times people just have headache and they think that he's just headache there is no sickness there is too there is too small all right so we're talking about the fact that we need to meditate on god's word we need to roll over we need to ponder that's what it means to meditate we need to dwell on anything in talk you see to, to, to meditate means to dwell in thought. To get, get a picture. When you meditate, you are dwelling on something in your mind. To meditate also means to speak and to repeat certain words to yourself or to hold a specific image in your mind for a long time. So it could be a positive image. It could be a negative image. Now, if God is going to bring something good to pass in your life, it's going to be a positive image. The devil is going to be the, a, a negative image. So little wonder the Bible tells us to fix our thoughts of what is good. You see, when you read Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4 or our anchor scripture. Well, let me quickly read that Philippians 4, starting from verse 6 in the New Living Translation. He said, Don't worry about anything. It's the devil that wants you to worry because the devil knows when you worry, then he can lead you to fear, and fear can lead to death and all that. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You see, there is nothing for you to worry about. 
He said, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. This is how to deal with worry. The first thing is that you have to make up, make up your mind that I am not going to worry about this issue. I am not going to worry about this issue. I'm not going to worry about this issue. I'm going to pray about any issue. Whatever issue in your life, the first thing is to pray about it. Pray about it. Tell God what you need. Don't tell God what you don't have. Tell God what you want and thank Him for all He has done. You have to end your prayer with thanksgiving because thanksgiving puts you in the position of faith. So one of the ways to easily get into faith again is to give thanks. It's hard for you to live in thanksgiving and still worry and still be anxious because when you are giving thanks, you are saying the Lord is done. In the natural realm, when you give thanks, when you thank somebody, that person actually have done something for you. That's why you're thanking the person. In the natural realm, you don't thank the person in advance for what they're going to do. You thank them after they have done what they have promised to do. In the spiritual realm, it's just the reverse. And that's why the Bible says, faith is the substance of things awful, the evidence of things not seen. So when you are giving thanks to the Lord, you are saying that I have the evidence, although it is not you know, although it is not visible to my physical and carnal senses. So you thank Him for what He has done. Don't worry about it. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He has done. You are going to tell God, what you need and you're going to thank him that he has done what you have asked for okay then verse verse 7 i'll say then you will experience god's peace you see when you are lacking peace over any situation is an indication that that is not from god god is not the author of confusion god does not alter confusion whatever comes from god is going to bring peace it's going to bring prosperity so anything that is not making your heart to be at peace making your mind to be at peace is not from god it's from the devil so he said after you've done all these things, you can worry and have peace. He said, after you have given thanks, you've, tell, you've told God what you want. He said, then you will experience God's peace. You have God's peace already on the inside. You don't need to pray for peace. You know, this verse is not telling you to pray for peace. You have been given everything that pertains to life in godliness. Everything. You don't need to pray for peace. You don't need to pray for joy. You don't need to pray for happiness. You don't need to pray for anything. God has given us everything that we need. Second Peter 1 verse 2. God has given us everything that we need to enjoy life. But when we come to experience those things that God already gave us, one of them is peace. If we learn to pray about everything, tell God what we want and thank Him for all you see. Out of all those principles, the most important principle is that thanksgiving. Because thanksgiving banish worry. Thanksgiving banish unbelief. Thanksgiving banish, you know, all kinds of doubts in our heart. So then you experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Then this peace has the ability to guard your heart, to protect you. You see, peace is a weapon. In the realm of the spirit, he said, "It's going to guard your heart." The word "guard" is, the, is, 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 a, is, is a word, you know, is a military connotation. Is a military connotation to guard, to protect, to safeguard your heart. So the peace of God is going to safeguard your heart against every oppression of the devil and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So Paul is telling us how to deal with this issue here. Now in verse eighteen, I say, "And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, one final thing: fix your thoughts on what is true. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Glue your thoughts on what is true." and honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. In other words, you have to learn to fix your thoughts on the right thing. You have to learn to fix your thoughts on godly, uh, fix your thoughts on godly things. Because if you fix your thoughts on evil things, those evil things are going to come to your life. There is a law, it's a law of attraction. Whatever you think about most of the time is going to come to pass. Now, let me say this here. One of the reasons why you know the evil thoughts are not from God, not even from your own mind, this is the way you're going to know. Because 
Somebody who is thinking about death, who is thinking about sickness, who is thinking about failure. When you ask the person, do you want to die? The person is going to tell you, I don't want to die. Then why are you thinking about death all of the time? Because it is the devil who is influencing their mind. So you don't just think all by yourself that you want to die. Nobody really wants to die. That's the truth. Nobody really wants to die. If you ask the person, do you want to be sick? He's going to tell you, why should I want to be sick? But you are thinking about sick things all of the time in your mind. Because the devil wants to bring about that harvest of death to your heart. So it's going to bring thoughts and impressions and suggestions, you know, across your mind. So he's saying we should fix our thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right. You're going to ask yourself, what you're thinking about now? Is it true? Is it true that God wants me to die? Is it true that God wants me to be sick? Is it true that God wants me to live in poverty? If it's not true, then the word of God says, discard those thoughts. Reject it. What I'm thinking about now, is it honorable? What I'm listening to right now, is it honorable? What I'm seeing on the TV, what I'm scrolling on the social media, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, what I'm, what I'm searching on Google, is it honorable? Is it right? Is it honorable? Is it right? See, if it's not honorable, it's not right, it's not pure, it's not lovely, it's not admirable, they are going to invite negative things into your life because thoughts are magnetic. If you don't learn to arrest them at their early stage, they are going to, it's going to really, really cause a lot of chaos in your life. So fix your thoughts on what is honorable. Fix your thoughts on what is right. Fix your thoughts on what is pure. Fix your thoughts on what is lovely. Fix your thoughts on admirable. You see, you cannot take, gain control over your life until you gain control over your thought. Every now and then, you have to be thinking about what you're thinking. I think that's what renewing the mind is all about. You have to consciously think about what you're thinking. You know, there are a lot of people who don't know what they're thinking right now. If you ask them, what are you thinking right now? The person will say, I don't know what I'm thinking. And that's the reason why people get depressed, because they just learn negative thought to rule their heart. You just, some people, their mind is just like, you know, a dumping ground, a refuse ground, where the devil can just dump any thought into their heart. And the devil can dump thoughts into our heart without even we knowing so that's why we have to guard our heart with all diligence for out of it are issues of life. That's what Solomon says. He says, out of our heart have the issues of our life. The problem is not the issue. The issues are coming from our heart because we have refused to guard our heart with all diligence. So for out of it are issues of life. So the issues in your life are the product of the issues of your heart. So the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. It's also very important. So you have to fix your thought of what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. You know, say, think about things that are excellent and worthy of prayer. So it tells you that it's not enough to just pray. It's not enough to just pray about something. You have to think about things that are excellent. Things that are excellent. Things that are worthy of praise. Things that are of good report. In the King James it says, of good report. What you are thinking about right now, it's, is it excellent? You see, when you're feeding on pornography, you're feeding on all kinds of things on YouTube and all of that, you actually say, what I'm listening to right now, is it honorable? Is it excellent? You can't be feeding on pornography and those things are not going to create a, you know, a, 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 a resultant emotions, a resultant feelings. If you're feeding on pornographic materials and all of that, you know, pornographic magazine, you know, going to pornographic website, they're going to create resultant emotions because every information that we feed on, they're going to form something on the inside of us. That's why the word information, it means to inform, means to form in, to form in inside of you. So whatever information you expose yourself to, your erotic songs, erotic videos, they are going to form resultant emotions in your life. So many people think, why am I feeling like this? Because of what you've been feeding on, because of what you've been exposing yourself to. For as a man thinking in his heart, so is he. Guard your heart for out of it are issues of life. So think about things that are excellent. See, so this is the most important thing in dealing with any negative emotions in your life. You have to think about things that are excellent. Now, if the devil is going to bring to pass his will, his purposes, his desire to come to pass in your life, he's going to let you go against the scripture. He's going to let you fix your thought on what is not true. Sickness, disease, you know, and all of things. 
It's gonna fix. It's gonna let you fix your act on what is not honorable, what is not right, what is not pure, what is not lovely, what is not admirable. The devil is going to lure you to think about things that are not excellent. It's going to lead you to those social media pages that where you can feed your heart with all kind of things, and it's going to lead you to think about things that are not worthy of praise. So this may be very, 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 very simple, but it is one of the most important things that you can ever know in your life. And this does not just impact your emotions. This impacts your general well-being. It impacts your wholeness. It impacts your success. It impacts so many things about your life. So it's not enough to pray. You have to take God of your thought life. You have to take God of your thought life. And that will lead me to talk about meditation. You know, the, 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 the scriptures say we should talk about... Uh, um, and that the Bible tells us to, you know, to meditate. Why is the Bible telling us to meditate? Because every time in our life you are meditating. For instance, I, I can say the meditation is worrying about God's word, worrying about God's promises. Why did I use the word worry? Because that's the word you can relate with. And when you ask people to meditate, they don't even know what meditation is. So meditation is just, you know, staying quiet in the corner of your room or while you're thinking or pondering something. No, meditation goes beyond just thinking on something or dwelling on something. I think I have explained that. So meditation is actually a place where we receive God's promises into our heart in a form or in pictures now when you're meditating you're going to roll over your mind you're going to dwell in thought you're going to think about something you're going to dwell on it for a very very long time you're going to brood on that issue on that word in a positive sense now then you're going to convert those thoughts into pictures in your mind that's called imagination because your imagination is very very powerful if the devil is going to kill you it's going to bring those thought in pictures thought and pictures is imagination and that's why god even cannot stop you when you have imagined to do something god can stop you God can't stop creativity. God cannot stop innovation. Read the, the, the story in Genesis chapter 11. How the, you know, the children of uh, men wanted to build the Tower of Babel. Where did they get that thought from? And God could not even stop them until God actually confused their speech. And that's exactly what I'm saying. You see, if you can let your speech and your thought not to agree with the thought of the devil, you are going to paralyze the thought of the devil. Yes, thoughts are powerful, but words are more powerful. So you can destroy negative thought, you know, by speaking the same thing that God has said. The word of God said, he has said, so that we can be saved. So you have a practice meditation. And one thing, one other thing I want you to learn is that when you are meditating on God's word, you need to have specificity of desire. You need to have a focus. You know, a lot of people, when they're meditating on something, they don't even have a focus in mind. They don't have any specific design they're just meditating for instance let's assume you need 500,000 euros and you want to meditate you're not going to just meditate on the fact that God has supplied your need according to his riches and good that's too generic that's not specific you have to take the word of God and address it and address that that particular issue specifically you will have to meditate on that 500,000 euros and not just meditating on just money what exactly do you want if you are seeking your body, you're not just going to be meditating, thinking on pictures, imagining how you became healthy. No, if you are lame, you have to have pictures of you walking out of in your mind. You have to have pictures of you going to an entry in your mind. Whatever the issue is, whatever you want to see in your life, that's exactly what you're going to meditate upon. So you're not just going to be thinking about something, rolling scriptures in your mind. No, you're, you're going to think about those things that you want and you're going to be painting the picture painting the picture in your heart so having a specific desire in meditation actually makes meditation so so powerful so if you're on the sick bed now you're going to be meditating in your heart are you going to leave the hospital are you going to give testimony in the church are you going to you know, do a lot of things so you have to have specific desire in your heart then you need to keep your problem in perspective what do i mean is that you see problems are inevitable and there are no problem that is actually peculiar to just you there is no problem that is peculiar to just you you need to understand that you need to understand that so keeping your problem in perspective means that you learn to focus on what is right with your life and learn not ignoring the reasons now 
But learn not to focus on what is wrong in your life. Because what is wrong in your life, if you focus on it, the devil is going to magnify it in your heart and it's going to make it bigger than God. See, one of the things that the devil wants to do in your life is to make your problems bigger than God. That's what he wants to do. So focus and thank God for what is working in your life and get your heart. Now, let's look at a scripture that is very, very profound in Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4 is about Abraham. You know, we talk about thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a powerful tool in taming our emotions and bringing victory into our life. And the devil wants you to stay out of thanksgiving. Look at Romans chapter 4, starting from verse 18. He said, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God has said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. How did Abraham's faith, how did his faith, how how did he do it? Even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And, was, and so was serious when that's physically speaking. And Abraham never wavered in believing God's promises. In fact, his faith grew stronger and in this, he brought glory to God. In all the verses, says he gave thanks to the Lord, giving glory to God. The way his faith grew stronger and stronger, the reason why he could not waver at God's promises is because he was giving thanks to the Lord. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises and because of Abraham's faith, because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. So it's so powerful to live in thanksgiving. So thank God for what is working in your life. Thank God for what is working in your life. Learn to thank God for what he has done for you in the past and what you have right now. So if you focus on what you don't have, you are going to go into anxiety. You're going to go into depression. But if you focus on the things that you have right now, you are going to have peace of mind. And that peace of mind is going to garrison your heart. It's going to guard your heart against negative emotion, against the tactics of the devil. So one final thing is in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 this is this is so important so so important to me second corinthians chapter 10 is a popular scripture that we've all read starting the reading from verse uh from verse 4 of investor he said we are human i'm reading a new living translation we are human but we don't wage war as humans do we use god's mighty weapons not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human wisdom and to destroy false argument we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing god we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey christ and after you have become fully obedient we'll punish everyone who remains disobedient now do you note the phrase capture the rebellious thought in the king james Bible, it says casting down imagination and every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of god you must learn to capture you see another word for capture there means to arrest it means to arrest the same way a policeman will arrest the criminal you must learn to arrest thought that are contrary to the word of god contrary to the promises of god for life contrary to the desires of god for life thoughts that are not true thoughts that are not uh, honorable thoughts that are not pure thoughts that are not lovely thoughts that are not admirable thoughts that are not excellent thoughts that are not worthy of praise you have to capture them at their early stage and bring them to the obedience of christ so if you ever find yourself worrying about something there is always the possibility for that issue to cause anxiety because because that's the, that's the way the devil is going to deal with you so worrying about the future what has not yet happened puts you under stress that's one of the things it does and medical research has also found that that stress contributes you know to 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 to, 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 to paralyzing your immune system bringing about sickness and diseases in your life so it is useless don't worry about anything you can read james chapter 4 verse 17 and we can also read the psalm 37 verse 23 in the nlt it says that the lord delights in every detail of our life so perhaps scripture god delights in every detail of our life there is no thing in your life that god is not interested in so god doesn't want you to worry because anxiety causes depression proverbs chapter 12 verse 25 so when we worry we lose something very important and money and that's our peace you see our emotions and how to deal with it it's not just a popular topic we talk about in the church we all have emotions however it is important that we do not allow ourselves to be mastered 
that is negative emotions because negative emotions will certainly lead to poor decision or we make poor decision we're not going to like our life so one of the most important truth you must not miss is that god has given us power authority to control our emotions we hear if we think we are at the mercy of our emotions you are not at the mercy of your emotions okay so when we have we should not hang on to fearful thought proverbs 12 verse 25 says Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression, but a good word makes the heart glad. You have to take in good word. You have to take in good word. Anxiety in your heart is going to cause depression. So when we hang on to fearful thought, we are inviting the spirit of evidence to our life. That's the spirit responsible for anxiety. That's the spirit responsible for depression. That's the spirit responsible for sad moods. You know, people think that it's just emotional downturn. People just think that it's just some chemical imbalance in their life. I'm aware that there might be some chemical imbalances. But essentially speaking, most of the time, it's an evil spirit tormenting people's mind. You know, people, doctors call it all kinds of names. It's a spirit of evidence. God calls it a spirit of evidence. So God doesn't want you to be anxious for anything. He does not want you to try to handle it on your own. He says to cast all your cares, all your burden upon him. The word care there is anxiety because he cares for you. When you check the Greek word for the word cast, it actually means to forcefully throw. Forcefully throw, like the way you throw a load on a donkey. So I believe this has impacted you this morning today. And I want you to roll over this thing in your heart, meditate on it. There is a word specifically in everything I've shared today that's going to bring deliverance, you know, blessing, health, wholeness to your life. This is where we're going to end the series. I believe that you have been blessed. One more time, just go over it again. You have to learn the purpose of your emotions. It means to give volume to your thoughts life. You have to learn to talk right. That is, we've already talked about that in the previous episode. James chapter 3 tells us we can control, you know, a horse by the beat in their mouth. We can also control a sheep by the tiny rod in the sheep. We can also control our lives by speaking the right words and all of that, you know, into our situation. We should not talk about our problems to God. We should talk directly to our problem. Then we should also give thanks a principle from Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 to 8. Give thanks to the Lord. Pray about everything. Thank Him for what He has done. Fix your thought on the writing. Practice meditation. Have specificity of desire meditation. Have a focus. Don't let your mind wander. Some people, some people cannot meditate for five minutes. Their mind will have been thinking of one food they want to eat. You are not going to lead a life of dominion and excellence. Like you have to discipline yourself to fix your thought on a certain matter for 20 minutes, for 30 minutes, for one hour. That's how you can bring about God's blessing to come to pass, especially the material form in your life and you have to keep problem in perspective focus and thank god for what is working in your life and don't focus on what is not working in your life guard your heart cast the imaginations spiritual warfare think about things that are excellent worthy of praise and the peace of god will garrison in your heart thank you for listening this is where we out the uh, podcast for today till we meet next time keep winning god bless you thank you for tuning in to this episode of success catalyst and we hope it was a blessing to you Kindly tune in again same time next week. If you have any comments, testimonies, and want to partner with DOTM Global, visit us online at www.dotmglobal.com.ng or comment on our Instagram page at SuccessCatalystv. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe and share with your friends. We also encourage you to practice as you learn. This podcast was made possible by friends and partners of David O'Leary Teaching Keep winning. Truth. No matter what we come